races Cause on the 9th of June 1862 On a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's And she was heavy laden The way we went along Collingwood Street That's on the road to Bladen Hello and welcome to CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. This is episode 28 now, making it through. And uh, I'm with a man who decided, born and raised in the South, decided he wants to go to school in the coldest place in America, Elijah Newsom. Yes. I mean, not not now, but like... The place in America has to be Alaska. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, now I'm in Tallahassee. We'll call it the lower 48. <laughs> the lower 48. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, we're live from uh, Florida. You're live from Las Vegas. Yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. And, Both not uh, in homes. Also, we are recording at a time where happy Christmas Eve to yeah. anyone east of Atlanta. <laughs> Happy holidays, and also happy yeah. Christmas Eve to anyone who's listening to this. Because yeah, when it releases, to anyone. <laughs> wait, yeah. they, wait, so you gotta and happy Christmas. <laughs> yeah, happy Christmas to people who are listening later on the week, and also happy Boxing Day for yeah. If all you're extending it after that, right? Yeah, and then Man, we'll I happy New Year. This is this is festive, guys. This is <laughs> festive. This is the most festive part of the year. <laughs> um, it, enjoy it now because it won't last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's gonna get real somber real quick. Yeah. Um, Greg, before we start depressing everyone, can you tell the people the latest update with CHN Radio? Yes, they we have an important announcement. And yes. if you don't want to listen to me say it, just press pause real quick and go to mm-hmm. at CHN underscore Radio on Twitter, and you can see it. And then you can fast forward 30 seconds and this, what I'm about to say will be over. So pause now if you don't want to hear me say it. Yeah. All right. We're on Spotify, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Oh, yeah. We are Spotifyable. For the record, I heard you say that and I didn't want to hear you say it. So just take that. Uh, as you will. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if I hurt one person's feelings. That's fine. um yeah so you can find us on spotify and now we'll be tweeting out the links every time like this episode you will see (laughs) if you may have clicked the link to spotify to open this so that's pretty cool stuff um i don't know if you listen to your podcast on iHeartRadio, that should be done pretty shortly so it'll Uh be on there and then i don't think there's any other thing i guess we could set up a facebook account or youtube and do stuff there but you know that might be a later time who knows wait i do want to say something though Say it. If you go to Spotify, I love this. It says CHN Radio, powered by SB Nation, which is just like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that just sounds good. I, you know that's authored by Greg Troxell. Yeah. Some get this guy a Pulitzer. Yeah, absolutely. We are, we are powered by SB Nation. Yeah. I, yeah, they literally power this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and if you need to... You know, a little refresher. You just find us on SB Nation's website, cominghomenewcastle.com. Or you can do cominghomenewcastle.sbnation.com, but that's a lot more typing. Mm, that's true. Yeah. 
it, it just redirects if you do coming on newcastle.com yeah exactly Good but job, yeah so we're on spotify it's pretty awesome uh that's one of obviously the most i guess listen one of the most listened to apps in the world along with itunes or apple podcasts so awesome there please subscribe please rate us five stars because that's how people find us that's how it helps us get approved on these things because people will realize that we're actually legit even though we probably shouldn't be but we are so thank you Mm -hmm. but just keep rating us five stars it really means a lot we're still at 11 so nobody listened to last pod and said wow let me help them get more i will venmo the next person to rate us five stars twenty dollars um by the end of the week so just tweet at us that you did it, and I'll Venmo you twenty dollars. Hold on, I'm doing that right now, actually. Yeah. So, um, five stars. Do you want my uh, handle right now? Yeah, you can go ahead. Just toss <laughs> on the air so everyone can Venmo you. <laughs> everyone just start requesting money from Greg. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> That's fine. I also I do cash out. I, well, I, so. I would I would do that in the hopes that somebody would actually hit pay instead of request. Oh. A hundred percent, which happens 100%. a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's happened to me multiple times. Yeah, I've done so, it. I've done it a few times. We've all been victim. Yep, yep. All right, so let's get into some club news. Since our last podcast, just a match has happened, so not a ton of things to talk about. But we'll start with Carl Darlow. No, oh. may not even remember who that is, but he's a well, goalie. Uh, hey, maybe they do because he's he might get sold. So yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We, we did talk about him last podcast with the potential of going to Leeds. Uh, but he was nominated for Premier League save of 2018 for a save against Raheem Sterling on January the 20th. Elijah, I don't remember the save. Do you? <laughs> no. I was trying <laughs> to like, I was going to look it up, but I, I just, I was like, uh, I mean, I just voted for him blindly. Um, but I'll say this. Uh, one, uh, he's in second place. Uh, he's like tied with someone, but Alisson is going to win this. He, has like 50% of the vote and Liverpool fans are insane. Um, so he's, he's gonna, he's gonna win. But anyway, uh, this is cool. Um, Carl Darlow may get sold to Leeds, but he probably will play in the Premier League next season. So good for him because Leeds are first in the championship. Hey, I would say, uh, Premier League with Leeds is pretty awesome. Yeah. I like, honestly, I'm really more excited about that than anything else. It's like, okay, Greg, this is a random would you rather. Would you rather have Leeds in the Premier League or Sunderland relegated again? <laughs> Sunderland relegated again. Yeah, same. And don't take this as I'd rather see them suffer than anything else. But if, you're, if you did a would you rather with Sunderland get relegated again or... Newcastle win the league. Yeah, I would take Newcastle to win for sure. Like 10 times well, out yeah, of 10. I just blew up your point completely though. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like I would rather I would always pick Newcastle's success over whatever happens to Sunderland. So that doesn't matter to me as much, but like I don't know, how do I, am I describing that right? Yeah, you like, want Sunderland to be accused as like, "Oh, you you just like you're so obsessed with Sunderland because you just picked them to get relegated again." But no, like would I rather have Leeds in or my most hated team get relegated? Yeah, I'd rather have my most hated team get relegated. <laughs> yeah, like Simple. would you rather have Florida lose every game of the season or Georgia go 11-1 and one next year? No, I don't or, actually know how many. Win 10 games. It's like, uh, yeah. oh, well, I'd rather have Florida 
lose yeah. out. Would you rather see? Would you rather want to see USC be a contender again or Florida lose every game? Yeah, I'd rather have that's, Florida lose every game. Like, yeah, because yeah. that's, that's, that's that's pretty similar. Because we all want USC to be back again. It's good for yeah. college football if USC is like good. Yeah, but but like, also Florida is awful. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that was that was that was the one. It took Aaron, us a while. But Aaron Hernandez, but um, yeah. oh, <laughs> there's a lot more. I mean, you got Urban Meyer, you got Aaron Hernandez. There's so Riley many. Cooper. It oh, was like there's like ten arrests from that one team. <laughs> it it was bad, dude. Yeah, That's a, that is yeah. Wow. And then you had Tim Tebow. Stay oh, tuned Tim for our uh, college football podcast. Uh, yeah, that's coming out soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, congrats, we'll Carl Darlow. <laughs> yeah, congrats, congrats, bud. We're happy for you. Yeah, yeah and, uh, Elijah, where can they go vote for Carl? Uh, it's a Sky Sports thing, so um, yeah. you can actually. And this is why I didn't see the goal. The, the, the not the goal. It wasn't a goal. It was a save. I didn't see the save because in America we can't just watch Sky Sports stuff. So if you're British, just tweet at us like, "Hey, what was the save?" And then we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about it. I guess I don't know, but yeah, yeah, it's a Sky Sports thing. I typed in Carl Darlow save the year, and it came up, and then I just clicked on it. So. Awesome. Uh, next bit is there's a takeover update. Mm. And what may that be, Mr. Uh, Newsom? Really not that much of an update. <laughs> um, yeah. There's apparently no uh, interested party that is a like huge, big wig, like billion dollar person. So it's like there's no, there's no like saving, like whoever bought, like there's no, Ibra, there's no, what's his face? Guy who bought Chelsea or there's no, guy who bought man city who's gonna yeah. like come in and like save the club and immediately put in like a billion dollars it's just there's only consortiums interested is what we're hearing four parties still um and uh gary cook is still interested which i don't really know if that's that big of an update but like the chronicle felt the need to like write about it so <laughs> we'll talk yeah. about it yeah i yeah i'm just uh this me it's, I mean, there's, so I want to, I think it was Craig Hope. It, it was Craig Hope or Keith Downey that were basically saying that um, there's been a lot of talk from, like, with sources contacting journalists, but journalists don't want to say um, anything publicly because they're afraid of, I think, and which is a very fair fear. Um, to be honest, because that's in exactly what happened. They're they're afraid that like too much public um, speak of it is going to hinder the sale because that's what happened last year. Is that like Stave, they basically leaked everything the Stavely group said, and it just pissed off Mike Ashley and pissed off Amanda Stavely, and they just were like using the media to wage war on each other instead of actually getting the deal done. I can't remember who tweeted that because it was like three days ago, oh, wow. but that's what someone was tweeting, and I was like. I don't hate that point, but okay, whatever. Okay, hook them. Okay, cool, hook them. <laughs> yeah. That's my new response to everything. Just Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Uh, yeah. uh reference our college basketball or football podcast. Yeah. Also. Again. And that's uh, like a that's like a super insider joke. That's like a yeah. college football fans like really have to yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I not surprised if that's what's going on because like it it would be hard to believe that like especially someone like Craig Hope or Keith Downey. And I think it was Keith Downey who tweeted this, I want to say, because um, he was like going on a, a Newcastle Twitter kind of not rant, but like slew of tweets uh, yeah, Friday. Yeah. Yep. He was. And I, I was saying, I, I kind of like how he's been, 
pretty open and honest about everything. Yeah. So. But yeah, um, I mean, and, and, and like he's right though, because yeah. that's just, that's literally what happened. Was like around this time we knew like so much about the the sale that like I remember writing about uh, writing about it and saying like this seems like Stavely's using the media to like negotiate with Mike Ashley, basically trying to win fan support and media support and force him into doing a deal. And like, I, you just don't want that to happen again. Like it, if it falls through, you want it to fall through at least for like the right reasons. And I don't know. Yeah. Who cares? Well, I guess Newcastle fans care. Yeah. But at this point I'm kind of burnt out on it. I just, the next piece no, of I, I want to write is like the deal's done. And oh my gosh. I'm, you know, putting the press release in there. Yeah. So, I take all the stories leading up to that. We're going to try are. to be the one that, that breaks it. Um, yeah. Next thing is yeah. sources. If you're out there, hit us up and we'll, we'll break your news for you. Yeah. Well, gladly. Um, next thing is Miguel Amaron. Yeah. <laughs> this is another one. Dot money. Dot. Yeah. It was just, like this is another one that there was another just bad headline by the Chronicle. It was just like Miguel Almiron agent, uh, like, uh, like preventing sale of Almiron or something like that. And it was just like, and the update was Miguel Almiron reportedly wants a lot of money in his contract. And it was like, duh. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so annoying. <laughs> it's so dumb. He's making a million dollars a year at, uh, at Atlanta United. And so he's going to want at least that. Like, come on. Yeah. So, um, thank you for that non update. But, uh, with transfers, we're getting to that point where it's, a, it's about time for me to write another, uh, transfer article. Um, basically saying that, uh, Hey, get ready for a disappointing January. Just preparing everyone. So, yeah. No, no, you're right. Um, it's about that time. Merry. I'm. A, I think we should release it on Christmas. Like, hey, Merry Christmas. Just wanted to remind you that uh, this is gonna suck. So <laughs> probably, probably yeah. will. Yeah. Um, hey. Oh, check out our look, uh, look our, for our though. Our our name will be changed to Newcastle Loan to Buy Football Club. Yeah. Coming home, loan to buy. Yeah. There it is. But yeah. All right. We have, a, we have that new article up about uh, our latest interested target we've got. Yeah, you got to read this article that Elijah did about our interest in Kylian Mbappe. Um, new, uh, it's rumored that Newcastle are interested in Kylian Mbappe as well as interested in Lionel Messi. Uh, they're also interested in Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, so just some things to look at. I yeah. heard um, even this of. Uh, uh, kind of an unknown player from Brazil named Neymar that they're interested in. Yeah. So um, they've been <laughs> really, they're just interested in them. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all interest so far and it's come and go for different reasons. So just, just keep an eye on that. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> plenty of eyes. And if you, if you want a good laugh, just like go to my Twitter and look at the people who've been responding to the article <laughs> and just, just if you want a good laugh, then there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking, right. of, speaking of good laughs, Newcastle versus Fulham. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's a good laugh, but okay. Yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into this one. Uh, Newcastle drew Fulham at home 0-0 without registering a shot on target against the only team in all levels of English football that had yet to earn a clean sheet. So – 
I just I'll, I want to start. I'm going to start off with a little rant before we get into it. Oh, but okay. I that, didn't see this one coming. That like, game, that that match was absolutely just. It was a disgrace to watch Newcastle United play against a team in the who are rock bottom in the Prem at home in, in a silent St. James's Park. Just not have anything to do positive against a defensive is that awful. It's a, it's completely embarrassing. And I'm not like, yeah, some people are happy to get a point. Some people say, Oh, they at least got a point. Like, no, no, absolutely not. It's it's complete. It's absolutely unacceptable that this is the Newcastle United that we have to support day in and day out. Uh, You know, if the players want to take offense to it, if some fans want to take offense to it, that's fine. I don't care. Like it's, it all comes down to one person's fault. I can say, you know, Diame is awful and Perez is awful. All I want, but in reality, seven of these players probably shouldn't be starting in the Premier League at all. And that's not their fault. It's not the manager's fault. It's the owner's fault. And it's unbelievable to me that we have to do this every single week. It's it's completely – it's unbelievable that we were a Champions League club and now this is a normal week for me, that I have to wake up and – and people have their like people have to travel so much to go to these matches. And, and I'm just talking about me, this is what I have to do: is wake up at six thirty in the in the morning in Las Vegas, turn this game on, and watch an awful performance. And then I have to talk about it, which I don't want to do. So, like, I don't. Know, it's just a complete joke. And Ashley needs to sell the club. I'm completely done with doing this and watching this awful team come out against another awful team and have nothing to show for it. And that's really it. It's not really an inspired rant. It's just, I'm done with it. Yeah. Uh, oh, out of curiosity, who are your seven players that should be starting? Shouldn't? Yeah. I was Perez. Okay. That's odd. That's easy. Mohamed Diame. Okay. I have four Kennedy. names here. Kennedy. Richie. Um, how many do I have? <laughs> you have like four. I think Richie could start. Um, he did start at Bournemouth. Yeah, but he was like starting in the championship with Bournemouth, and then they got promoted. I I mean, I'm looking okay, at the Premier fair. League and like how many wingers are better than Richie. That's fair. Um. Which is crazy because Richie's still one of the best players on on, on our on our team. Yeah, Keo shouldn't be started. Man, Keo. Um, did we go three in the back? Did, yeah, well, we went with Dummett though. Yeah, Dummett. I think Dummett. Dummett would start at some. Dummett would start at some clubs. Dummett would start at Southampton. Yeah, and Huddersfield and Fulham. Actually, Dummett Dummett would, I think Dummett. Dummett our backline's solid. I'd say you. I'd say anyone who is in the midfield and ahead right now in the current team sheet, and even then, you can you can throw your questions out about Ronda, but I wouldn't. But I would say that pretty much anyone outside of the backline, and even with this backline, you got to throw Mankio out of the backline for this. Could would like very way very may well not start at another another club another Premier League club. 
yeah but yeah it's ugly to me um and and it just sucks and let's get into it um what did you think about our starting lineup do you want me to run through the player names or do you want to do it um yeah i can do it okay Uh, yeah and and give me your synopsis on that i i mean i'll say this i wasn't i don't know what i was expecting (laughs) so i wasn't really like shocked by the lineup per se um but here we go line up Okay, so we had uh, it was a five in the back formation with Matt Ritchie and Javi Minkio playing as wingbacks, which interesting. Uh, with Fabian Chair, Jamal Sells, and Paul Dummett uh, playing as the three center backs. Dubrovka obviously in goal. He and Diame in the midfield with Atsu and Perez uh, playing somewhat out wide, uh, and then Rondon up top, pretty much by himself. Did not really see much of the ball at all. Um, but yeah. And then I guess we can go through Fulham's lineup. Just they started, they started Sergio Rico in goal, Alfie Mawson, Tim Ream, the American, uh, Dennis Adoy, Cyrus Christie, Callum Chambers, playing out of position, Callum Chambers, by the way, uh, Jean-Michael Seri, who's probably one of their best players on their team, I guess, uh, Joe Bryan, Andre Sherlock, Tom Kearney, and Mitrovic, who, yeah, so. Yeah, and um... – I don't know if there's really any surprises on my end either. Um, it was, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, what? I mean, what's going on with Muto? That's the only thing that I want to know, really. I honestly don't think he's fit. Yeah. I, I, just, I legitimately don't think he's fit. Like, I mean, I think because you're looking at – I mean, I understand bringing on DeAndre Yedlin just to change things up because Mankio wasn't really getting forward – um, as a wing back, but I mean, I don't know. It just there. I mean, there's not really any other offensive options that were on the bench. Like mm-hmm. Murphy wasn't on the bench. Uh, you had Isaac Hayden and Hostelu and Muto. And so, if you're not playing Muto, um, I feel like there's got to be some sort of injury. And Freddie Woodman was on the bench, so that's something to. Yeah, he's made it a. A few times. I think that's yeah. a good sign. And him and even Longstaff, you'll see, uh, he's appeared. I think Longstaff has been on the bench like two or three matches. But I I'd imagine know. Longstaff's going to be on the bench in January pretty much almost every match. Could be. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I would be shocked if he doesn't because yeah. um, I don't think – I think Hayden's going to be in the process of being sold. So mm-hmm. I think that deal is probably going to be one that tries to get done as soon as possible. Um, but and I would imagine Longstaff's going to jump in the bench. But anyway, that's not the point. The point was everyone looked bad. Everything about this game was gross. There's not even any moments to go over because there weren't any moments. There were just there was no shots on on target. Like like I don't know what we're supposed to talk about. So yeah, yeah, and we're not really going to go through it because th- exactly that. There was nothing to go through. So the the first half, w- I mean, I saw on Twitter. I wrote this down. It said that Newcastle have been desperately poor so far, and that's a good way. I think that's a very well-worded sentence, desperately poor, because that's how it was. Um, they've, they barely created anything. Their decision-making in possession was awful. They couldn't complete a pass. Dude, um, and, and Diame literally did it again, where he did the thing where he just passes the ball out of bounds. I just – I don't understand. Yeah. I just, 
Yep. Oh, yeah. I but remember like, that where he like kind of crossed it just out. It's just like, dude. It, like, and what are you there were so many times too, like, and you could see Rafa was like talking to Cher, talking to Key. Like they were really trying. He wanted. He even wanted Key. I could see him just. You know, if you look down at him, he's like motioning him on, like saying, "Hey, come up, come up, like bring the ball up, don't pass it up," because he wanted Key to kind of dictate our possession. And I, I was even posting a few tweets through our Twitter account saying Key needs to take this over. Like that's what Rafa was essentially asking him to do. Is like, hey, move up with the ball. And but anytime Dubrovka would, you know, put it to whoever it was, Mankio or Dummett, like they would have an awful pass and share even like awful passing, like which never happens. And I, I just don't get it. I just don't get how we just decided like. Just in one week, we're like, oh, yeah, we don't know how to play. <laughs> like, we just yeah, don't know I mean, how to play to fair, though, football. The Huddersfield match wasn't pretty either, but um, I don't know, it was just frustrating. I mean, it was definitely, once again, and this is a theme for the past two seasons, at least. I mean, it wasn't as much of a glaring role. It wasn't, a, it didn't really, it wasn't a big deal in the championship season uh, because, like, John Joe Shelby's like balls were just picking apart everything. And we had just like our attack then. I mean, you're playing, you're playing worst talent, which like that's, that's the, the meat and bones of it all. But yeah. I, I mean, since coming up to the premier league and like, if there's no creativity and you know, when we brought him in was like, he was like one of the, he was easily one of the most creative players and, he hasn't been able to sustain that for a whole season, which was definitely a fear of Greg and I's. Like we were, I remember we talked about this in the summer. Like if he could be Kennedy that we had the second half of the season for the whole season, this is wonderful. But I mean, I don't know if he can sustain that. Blah blah. He's a young player, et cetera, et cetera. But again, the idea of like we need an attacking player um, that can create on their own and like has the ability to play some. Like be ambitious, I think is more of the word. Is and there was no ambition, and I think we needed we needed another that has that that kind of ambition. And whether that's like Miguel Amaron or Dennis Pryat or freaking I don't care who you get, get David Villa in here. Like that, like something. Like it, yeah. it was so bad. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the like, the only point, positive call Kakai out of retirement and get him in in the squad. Yeah, the only positive from the match is that we didn't lose. But yeah, I mean, was, Dubrovka, another clean sheet for his goal, his goaltender of the year record. Yeah, and there is a play. There's one play that I'm going to mention, but actually, let's mention that first. Is it all started from Lascelles, and this was the 87th minute, and Lascelles was like, I don't even know what he was thinking. One of the worst back passes, or just from an awareness standpoint, like you don't. Like your striker is right on your back. Don't pass back pass it to your keeper. Like it's common sense. But anyway, Lascelles gives the back pass to Dubrovka, and he like I don't even know what he did. It was like a pure like I don't know what to do moment for Dubrovka. And he had the ball in between both of his feet, and somehow, somehow Mitrovic was right on him, and he wasn't able to like just get a little bit of possession, and. Dubrovka was able to like stumble dribble out of it. <laughs> I don't I don't even know what to call it. But that I, I thought for sure. I was like, holy crap, like this is gonna be a goal with three minutes to go in, in normal time. And then shortly after that, uh, um a Mitro 
Vic shot was cleared off the line, which it hit LaSalle's arm, but his arm was in front of his body. Who knows if there's penalty shots. There's plenty of penalty shots to be given. Uh, one I thought was pretty obvious penalty, and it would have been a penalty to us. But at the same point, those don't get called because it's not, not for Ranieri. He, he didn't. He didn't think it was a penalty, which I was like, you're – I understand you want to defend your team, but, like, don't even comment on that, dude. Like, yeah. if, if, you're not, if you're not – yeah, like, don't say something blatantly – like, don't spew a blatant lie. Just ignore the question or, like, don't – like, he chose to – I don't think he was even asked about that. He just chose to comment on it. Like, and they're like, hey, how did, what did you think of the match? And he's like, I don't think that was a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Newcastle United, so it's definitely not a penalty. I mean, hey, I like, you know, I, cause I mean, American sport fans do this all the time about the bias against like their team. And, you know, I, so I usually just don't pay attention to it, but Newcastle fans have been making a very good case for themselves between <laughs> the travel thing that they have, which is like something I don't think is that big of a deal. But the amount of like when people pull up the stats about red cards, it's, it's, or like penalties, it's kind of like, dang, like, yeah. There's there's certainly a reputation, good or bad, that like Newcastle are this tough northeastern side, and that that leans into like us getting less calls. Yeah, it's it's implicit bias, but that that's a whole other situation. But yeah, but basically, recap of the match: it sucked, it was boring, we lacked ambition. Um, again, cannot pick apart a team um, at home. Can't pick apart a team that sits back against us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you, you get that with creativity. Like, if you don't have anyone who's going to be ambitious or creative, then you're just going to end up with that, and you're going to end up with no shots on target. So, yeah. Um, but Fulham, they were really poor at finishing, mainly. They lost possession a lot. They were called offside off, often, and we were poor at finishing and that was really our only weakness is that we, there's we were never going to get a goal in that match it could have been it could have been played 300 some odd minutes and there still wouldn't have been a goal um newcastle tried to play with wit we tried to attack down the right hand side we favored crossing the ball but we just can't connect because our, our pass passing was awful it was directionless it was bad that pretty much sums it up right <laughs> yeah okay so uh, I will have some stats for you. Um, Let's see. Let's pull these bad boys up. So, that is Newcastle's fourth 0-0 draw of the season, and that's only our 17th match. Uh, Their Premier League record is six 0-0 draws, and that was in 1994-95. They played... Uh, forty, I think forty-two games that year. So <laughs> we're at four zero-zero draws through seventeen matches. Seems like we're going to break that record. What do you think? Uh, I mean, yes, it, it's just boring. Like, yeah, like zero-zero draws are the most boring thing I've ever seen. Yep. Um, I mean, like maybe the only other thing is like. A one nil win is also pretty boring because, like, oftentimes it's like a one nil like early goal, and the other team and that team just sits back and like I don't know, it's just yucky. But anyway, yeah. And uh, another stat I want to mention is came from friend of the pod Don. 
Uh, he sent us something from Opta Joe, which I hadn't seen. Um, it's 0.6 is the number, and that's the expected goal differential or expected goals for the entire match between Newcastle and Fulham, which was the lowest quality goal scoring chances within a top five European league so far this season. Yeah, that's, that's like really sad. That's really bad. Just but if case- you were to peg a game to do that, it would have been this game or the last game. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I had to pick one? Yeah. Look, I mean, just in general, like if you were to look at a Premier League matchup and be like, okay, which two teams would have like one of the worst like abilities to create chances like in all of football? I would say Newcastle and Fulham because uh- – because Newcastle has a good defense and Fulham has, uh, well, I don't know. Well, no, I just I think I would Newcastle have doesn't have an offense. Yeah, and like that—that's like something everyone seems to know. Yeah, it's it's ugly. So um, going to five thirty-eight, their relegation percentage for the season, the end of season probabilities. That Newcastle, we actually dropped a spot in this one, so we're. The percentage stays the same at 24% chance of getting relegated, but we have fallen behind Southampton. And uh, it's now Cardiff City, Burnley, Fulham, and Huddersfield have better chances. Huddersfield leads the way with a 71% chance of getting relegated. Um, yep, not good. Uh, we do have a less than one chance in qualifying for the Champions League. Less than one, so keep your hopes up, kids. Uh, for the season, they are saying we'll finish at 37 points, which would make us six points clear of relegation, assuming all their numbers work out. Cool. Now, quotes. Interesting stuff here, I thought. <laughs> um, Rafa said, yeah. uh, during the game, I was not happy with some situations and decisions. The worst thing is that in a game we could win, where we were pushing and had control, we would have lost it in the last counterattack. Sometimes it can be tense at home when they say you have to win the game, but Fulham spent a lot of money in the summer. And they are they're bottom, they have a good team, they're organized, they have five at the back, and we're dangerous on counterattacks. It's good that we didn't lose, but the negative is that we gave Fulham those situations a score and were a bit lucky in the end. So... And he also said, actually, I want to highlight this one. He said, it was not easy to break them down. Overall, I think we deserved the win because we were in control, which I completely disagree with. I don't think Newcastle deserved to win that match. We had zero stops on target. How, do, how can we be deserved to win? It's, that's impossible to me. And the other thing is when he no, said – When it you was, think about it like that, it is. Like when you think about it logically, it is. But yeah. if you don't use logic, then it makes sense. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, the other thing is it, it was not easy to break them down. I don't care if they put 30 players in the back. We're at home against the worst team in the Premier League. It better be easy to break them down. They better find a way. But we didn't even get to the last third to break them down. We couldn't even do it. It was bad. And, and my issue with, like, it's not easy to break them down is that, like, like they weren't, there was, it didn't seem like the Newcastle were trying to break them down. Like, if you're trying to, like, legitimately break them down – like, there have been teams who we don't even need to name because we all know who they are, and we will play one this week where when we sit back, they basically have their three center backs at the, at the midfield mark, and their goalkeeper is not even in the box because they're just, they're just recycling possession in and out, 
in our in the final third. Like that's how we should be playing against a bottom side team who's bunkering against us. It doesn't matter who we have on our team. It doesn't matter who they've got on their team. It doesn't matter if they have a threat in the counter. You need to be able to trust that your back line is going to do what they do best and and let the midfield and let your attack actually generate chances by forcing them to to still sit back and deal with every single ball coming at them, try to clear their lines every single time, try to deal with every single runner. And, like, Newcastle made no attempt to even, like, push the ball forward. It's uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it, Yeah, you, you don't deserve you – know, I, I don't think you can count that it's like, oh, we broke them down and dominated the game. You, you didn't. Mm-hmm. If anything, like, after the first half, I'm like, oh, Fulham's kind of dominating this game. Like – it's ugly. And uh, the last quote I want to give, this kind of came out Sunday night, British time. Um, Rafa said, my focus now is trying to find the right team to play Liverpool and try to get three points. We have to be realistic and understand we will be in the bottom half for the whole season. And if we can be better than three teams, it will be another miracle. It would be a miracle to stay up, yes. A game like that is confirmation of what I know. Even if we strengthen in January, it will be a miracle if we stay up. I like the challenge, and we will try to do our best. When you lose or cannot win, you cannot enjoy it. But I know it is my job, and I have to be sure I make the right decisions all the time. Yeah. That's scary. Even if we get better in January, it will be a miracle if we stay up. Hey, Ooh. spin zone. He said the same thing last year. Well, Rafa's and a man we of got miracles. Tense. A man of miracles. Oh, did you hear? You missed a quote that I like. This is a, a good quote to end on. Yeah, if I miss quotes, bring them on. I want um, more. It, so this was, uh, <laughs> this was. Uh, someone asked him, were, we, were you like about Mitrovic? And he said, were we right or wrong? We got promoted and we won the championship. We were right. On, this is on signing and selling Mitrovic. Then we finished 10th, so we were right. Now we're ahead of Fulham. So at the moment, we are right. We are doing well without him. So it's like, okay. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I think that, that ends the Mitrovic. I think this game does. I mean, he wasn't great. <laughs> he wasn't this like prolific score everyone had hyped him up to be in. I don't know. He had the only two very- shots on target in the match. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And one was like a fluke, and the other one was a decent chance. He also had like shots off target. I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't, I don't know. I just he wasn't great. I mean, no one in this match was good. Yeah. No. All right. So let's go with who was your best player. Um. Uh. Maybe Paul Dummett because he didn't oh. make a mistake. That that was exactly what I was gonna pick. <laughs> yeah, like he didn't do anything to warrant him being worse than anyone else. So. Um, yeah, I don't. Dubravka, <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have he had made one. He didn't really have much to do. He had that one save. So yeah, sure, give it to him. I, I was gonna say Dummett because you heard his name the least. And in this match, hearing your name was not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I'll, okay. So right now, just looking at. Thought mob, they have for our highest rated player, they have Fabian Shear with the 7.5. Okay, which, that is my least, that's going to be my worst player. Okay, share my worst player is not Share. My worst player, and you go ahead, why is Share your worst player actually? He was awful, he gave up possession so much, just absolutely awful on the ball. 
And we kind of rely on him without Shelby to be the catalyst in possession and especially hitting those long balls. And he was abysmal at it. And that really hurt us today. So I had him shouted out as being my worst player since that match. I was convinced. Yeah, he, he was one of the players with the worst amount of, uh, of uh, like pass success. Yeah. You want to know who had the worst pass success? Worst packed pass success of that match in, in terms probably, of probably Perez okay and this is a fun player fact about Perez which you're right Jose Perez had the least touch touches 35 minutes of any outfield player to, to play 90 minutes <laughs> this is your this is your number 10 here least touches of any outfield player to play the full 90 yeah yeah, I should have just picked Perez. He was uh, he was completely absent. Him and Atu just were non-existent in this match. Yeah, they didn't. And, even I mean, it's probably because I hyped him up to both score. Um, my worst player, I think, is Key, and this is why. Um, and 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 going off brand here because I think Diame did exactly what I expected him to do, but Key, Key has shown the, he had the highest pass success. I mean, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> Good for him. But he's still – and it's not because I think he was terrible, but I think there's moments in a player – in a player's uh, – like in a, mo- in, in a match, especially when you, you kind of get the tone of this match about 30 minutes in, you kind of like knew what you were getting. Like after the first 30 minutes, I wasn't expecting Newcastle to do anything. And if anything, I was expecting it to happen like in the 68th minute or the 80th minute. Like I wasn't expecting much of them. Um, but you have moments – where it's like, all right, you need to step up and take over and, like, at least be ambitious enough to take chances. And, like, in the last match, for example, Cher tried that ridiculous shot. And it's like, hey, I approve that. And, like, in this match, at least Kennedy was trying to shoot. I mean, his shot sailed way over the bar, but he at least tried. And with Key, it's like, dude, you are the only midfielder who can retain any sort of possession. Like, I need you to stop playing short, simple passes outside to guys who aren't going to do anything and push forward when you have all the space. No one's, no one's coming anywhere near him and like try to create, at least take a long shot, do something. And it's like Rafa time and time told him, hey, get more involved, get ambitious, every single stoppage. And it seemed like Key just ignored that and continued to just recycle possession back to the back line or recycle possession out wide. It was just... I was disappointed in him, especially because we've seen games where he's played really well. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I don't want to pull the if Shelby was there, but if Shelby were there, like, we've seen this he from just, Shelby. We're like, it. he, yeah, I know. I said, I'm not, I don't want to pull it, but I'm going to. So okay. I, I prefaced right. it with, I'm going to. But like, if Shelby were there, and we've seen this from Shelby, even in the most frustrating matches, he'll still try to ping a long ball forward. He'll still try to take a shot. He'll do something to at least try to wake up and energize the offense. And like, when you're in that midfield and like everyone's relying on you to be the the spark plug, I, I don't know. You got to be better. I mean, and yeah, sure, you can say Jose Perez is like that's his job as a number ten. That's his job as like our our attacking midfielder wherever he's playing. But we already know Jose Perez is not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, like we it, we've gone into this match not expecting Jose Perez to be involved in the attack at all. So I don't know. It just. It was it was frustrating. Um, I, I just thought it was frustrating because I know Key is capable of more. I'm not expecting Diame to take over. I'm not expecting Perez to take over. I'm not expecting Atsu to do anything. Maybe I'm expecting a little more out of Richie, but I was expecting Key to step up, and he just didn't. So that's why he's my worst player. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine. Honestly, for this match, you can put anybody in there, and I wouldn't argue it. Yeah. So that uh, yeah, that's it. But I don't want to talk about that anymore. Let's do a quick look at the table. The table isn't that good either. So we're in 15th place with 17 points through 18 matches. Um, below us in 16th is Southampton. 17th is Cardiff. 18th in, in the relegation zone is Burnley with 12 points, Huddersfield with 10, and then Fulham still bottom at, with 10 points. Um, so we are, so far right now, we're five points clear of the bottom. Our next match, which we're going to preview right now, is against top of the table, table Liverpool away. So we went from not getting a shot on goal against bottom feeders Fulham to playing the only team without a loss, Liverpool. Elijah. Yep. I'm not confident. So yeah. I'm going to start off. Well, I'll go over some of the injuries. Let me know if I miss any. But I – so on our end, Darlow will be out. Kieran Clark is out. Um. Lejeune is probably not going to play. John Joe's probably not going to play. And Key is out. So Key's out for the Asian Cup in case you don't remember. I mean, there's rumors, there's hope that John Joe can recover in time for Liverpool, but I, I just wouldn't count on it. Um, Fernandez was an unused substitute, so I would say that he's going to return. If he's being named in the side, maybe they were just saving him for this. And then um, he made a very uh, – Yedlin made a very small appearance, but I I'd, I would expect him to start also. Yeah, um, especially since Mankio – like, I, I think Mankio deserved to start because I think he was fine in Huddersfield. But, I mean, after that performance, he definitely yeah. is probably back on the bench. So Yeah. Um, on Liverpool's side, um, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Joseph Gomez – and Matt Tip will remain sidelined, but it looks like they'll get Trent Alexander Arnold back. So Nobby Kate is also injured. I think that happened. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Um Kata, he he picked up some I guess pretty big injury. Uh it, like I guess it was a hard hit. I didn't see it, but it people like were talking about injury. it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, think it's just be hasn't out. been diagnosed yet. Um, Milner is injured, but I, I don't know if he's going to play or not. So they'll have an, they, and also Liverpool has an extra day to prepare. Also, but uh, Shakiri, Jordan Henderson, and Wijnaldum will probably all start, and Nathaniel Klein may also play if. Alexander Arnold can't start, so something of note there. All right, so now it's your time to shine, Elijah. Run it down. What's your, what are you seeing from the lineup side? Um, I mean, I think Newcastle going to run a lot five in the back. Uh, in, in an ideal world, you have Dummett, uh, LaSalle, Cher, and Fernandez. Uh, and I, you would hope – I mean, some of the miscommunication and issues at the back line have been because we haven't had Fernandez in the middle of it. So maybe some of that – um, you know, in terms of getting the ball out, maybe that's different. I don't know. Uh, you're probably going to have Diame and Shelby in the midfield. 
Uh, you get really worried if Shelby's not playing because uh, then you're looking at a Diame Hayden midfield. And you know what? I'd be pretty pissed about that. I would rather have a Diame Longstaff midfield if Shelby's still out. Um, because if you have Diame Hayden, which possibly could happen, you're basically like saying we're not going to try to attack at all. Like just at all, because neither one of those guys are capable enough of uh, capable enough to lead an attack. Despite the fact that Modiame, if we like, we cannot forget this because this still is just beyond me. Modiame was the central central attacking midfielder when we bought him. <laughs> it's just like, like, and he played Cam. Like this was something he did in the championship with us, and it's just like, how did he go from that to like having like literally passing the ball out of bounds once a match? Okay, but anyway. Um, I would be shocked if Iose Perez is not starting. I'd be shocked if Muto doesn't play, though. Um, uh, you're probably looking at Richie, and I honestly don't know who's going to start. I mean, maybe Kennedy, I'd say, I, just because I, I think Atsu is starting because he obviously is on a good run of form. And I think Kennedy's going to start, and then Rondon's probably going to start, and Rondon's going to be just running his butt off the whole game and get subbed off in the 65th minute for Hasselu, who will then come on and score. So there you go. You got that oh, man. For you. Um, but I, I honestly think, because Liverpool, um, I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen games where Liverpool have rested uh, many players. And I think this is the perfect time for them to rest because – the rest, some of their players at least. And I think we'll get some some alternates in there. So, like, I don't know. I think this is not going to be an easy game for Newcastle nonetheless. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a, a slightly altered lineup just to give their players some some extra rest as they go into January and then getting back into, like, Champions League play and stuff um, in the future. So, I don't know. And then, of course, we got, like, FA Cup and that kind of stuff coming up as well. But anyway. Yep. I mean, this is like the time of the year I, I, we start to see those funky lineups from a lot of the, the top-end teams, especially when you kind of establish yourself at the top of the table and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. We'll see. All right. And then in, in getting a little bit into the match, um, I think I think a couple things are very likely. I think you know Liverpool is very good from set pieces, and we're not that good at defending set pieces. So my predictions are that – Liverpool's going to score from a set piece. I think they're going to dominate possession and completely control the game. And if Newcastle are to score, it will be on a counterattack. Or set piece. and Like a yeah. corner. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if we get a share header off a corner. Yeah, or well, and, yeah. And, and if there is a Liverpool weakness, it's aerial duels. I mean, they don't have a lot of height. And we, we have that. So that's something that we can we can do well is just winning that. So I would say like, I mean, if you've watched Rafa Benitez manage Newcastle in his tenure, he does one thing against clubs that are heavily favored and he bunkers and, and draws out on counterattacks. And maybe if the game is close in the last five, 10 minutes, he'll bring everybody out and really have a go at it. But he does this thing as well though. Um, in these games where the first like five, 10 minutes of the second half, he'll go for it and then he'll step back, he'll step back again. Yeah. Especially on the road. A lot of managers have been saying this recently. I've heard it. I've heard in the last two or three years that the best time to attack on the road is right after halftime. Cause not all the fans are in their seats. The energy isn't there. And that's when you can really catch somebody sleeping. 
Um, so that could be something to do. But I, I definitely think we're going to bunker. I definitely think we're not going to have the ball a lot. And we're going to be playing probably the best team in the Premier League. Yeah. I, I, I honestly still think top to bottom Man City is the best team in the Premier League. I yeah, think that's fine. That's that, fine. Like, the Crystal Palace, you have to remember, they were pretty beat up for, like, Man City. I mean, like, still that team is, like, miles better than, like, any team that, you know, Newcastle could ever field out in, like, the past, like, 10 seasons. Yeah. But, but I, I don't know. I just – I think people forget that part about the Crystal Palace matchup. Like, they – they still had some injuries. They were playing John Stones as the CDM, like, for heaven's sake. They were missing Mindy, Bravo, David Silva, company. They were missing some people. So, yeah. I still think top to bottom, they're a better, better team. But right now, like, Liverpool's got the best form in the Premier League by yeah. far. Just, I mean, it's very hard to argue with not having a loss. So, All right. And who do you think – What I mean, what's the – what do you think it's going to be the best – or, or the what's all right, just give me your players to look out for for Liverpool. Um, I mean, I think that if we see a rotated lineup, I think if, if they give Dominic Solanke or Origi um, any playing time, it'll be interesting to see how they do because those are two players that uh, Rafa Benitez has been interested in in the past and could possibly pursue in January once again, um, as both are still uh, struggling in terms of playing time um, and getting any playing time. Um, so that would be interesting to see. I yeah. mean, outside of that, you got, like, Mo Salah, Mo Salah, who is obviously not a one-hit wonder, um, no. as people thought he would be, which I don't know why. I mean, like, if you're playing in that system with those players, like, it's going to be impossible for you to, like, not be good for more than one season. But... Yeah, right. you have to you have to pick your poison against Liverpool when yeah. you're matching up with them. And in a way, and what I mean is like last year we tried to make Mo Salah completely irrelevant. Yeah. We just tried to completely stop them and or stop him. So I think like closing down on him immediately as soon as he touches the ball, I think that's gonna be something that we're probably going to do. I, I think if he starts, we're more likely to key in on him than anyone else. But then you're going to spend so much time focused on Mo Salah that you're probably just going to leave one-on-ones with Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, Sergeant Shakiri. The list goes on. So you, you and I mean, I, I would also be looking out for Shakiri body part goals because he's had like a couple <laughs> past couple goals. Yeah, deflection. Good, good shout there. The Shakiri body part goals. I love it. Yeah. So and and we'll need we'll just need luck here. Um, but let's get into some stats real quick before we do our full position uh full predictions. Some stats. Uh we can probably guess where these are going. Uh the, the stats that I've kind of dug up here. But Liverpool have seen under two and a half goals. In five of the last six matches against Newcastle in all competitions, um, they have scored at least two goals in six out of the last seven matches. They have kept a clean sheet in five of the last seven matches. They've scored at least two goals in 11 of the last 12 home matches against Newcastle, at least two. They have won 10 out of the last 12 matches against Newcastle. 
and they are undefeated in their last 29 home matches. We'll just start with those. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Elijah, what are your predictions? I don't know. I think Liverpool a little cocky right now. So, I don't know. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I would love for, like, Liverpool fans to just, like, after absolutely just roasting Man City and, like, everyone hopping on Man City and trolling them to just, just like, get, like, <laughs> like, like lose to Newcastle. So I would love, a, like, a 2-1 win. Is that what you're calling? And it'd be, like, the most BS way we win. Huh? Yeah, I'm calling a 2-1 win. Whoa! Um, I think, like, they'll get a goal. Yeah, they'll get a goal to start. Um, and it will be like some like because because we'll be bunkering down. It'll be some sort of like long shot from like uh, Shakiri or Ronaldo or maybe even like Salah or Mane. I mean, that's not really their style. Um, and then I think we'll score off a set piece. And then I think our last goal is going to be either off a set piece or like just the, the one counter attack where it's like you know every team that bunkers down they have that one attack. Like Fulham's one attack was that one where. Uh, Mitro, like, it was cleared off the goal line. Every team that bunkers down has its one attack, like, at the end of every game. And it's like, this could be the one if they can just convert. And they, like, always hit it straight at the keeper or something like that. Like, yeah. we're going to actually convert this. I don't know who's going to score it. It might Atsu. be Isaac Harris, for all we know. <laughs> Atsu. Um, <laughs> maybe Atsu. Uh, yeah, maybe Atsu. Um, maybe John Joe Shelby against the old former club. But I don't know. I just I – don't, I don't have really high expectations for this, but – why not? 2-1. Okay. All right. So I am not going to do that. My prediction is a 2-0 Liverpool win. Um, I think they will score two, and I don't think we're going to – I think we might go two straight without a shot on goal. So not feeling confident. But that is just Debbie Downer Greg talking. So uh, do you have anything else on this match, anything you want to mention? Um, I'd be interested to see if Liverpool waste a sub and sub on uh, Minole, Minole as a keeper, just <laughs> just just to troll us. Uh, I would. That'd just be funny. Um, one thing of note: Have you heard the Virgil Van Dyke song? No. Uh, it's I mean, pretty amazing. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I, I love it. I'll, I'll send it to you after this, but if you guys haven't listened to it and you like don't really hate Liverpool yet and the match hasn't started, then yeah, I would, I would recommend you just go on the Twitters and look up the Virgil van Dyke song because it's wonderful. Okay. So do were you about to say something? No, I just looked oh. up. There's articles about it. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's unreal. It's got like <laughs> over 100k views of them like singing in a pub. Yeah, that's the one I saw today. Is the pub one? Okay, and everybody's singing. It's 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 class. I, I'll have to admit. I have to give them credit. All right, so um, there is this beautiful website mm. that you just type in just these letters F U B O T v.com and this is going to send you to an oasis of sports around the world 
just that picture a picture a desert like the one I'm currently living in, the Mojave, mm-hmm. and just you're looking off into the distance and you see this just green beauty. You just walk in there, and everything you ever wanted is in there. That little oasis. Well, that's what it's like when you are on Fubo TV. The world is at your little fingertips, and you can watch every any sporting match that you want under you know whatever their capabilities are, and <laughs> you can stream it, and it just cheaper than cable so you should click on the link that we send out you're welcome and have a nice day <laughs> questions brought to you by fubo tv we need to get music for these questions we need we need more music interludes yeah but it, but like now that we're big time we gotta like make sure it's like licensed or something yeah if anybody wants to uh test their abilities as a producer i'll at i'll at me <laughs> um, make us a fire beat we're talking to you people in atlanta yeah everyone in atlanta is a producer <laughs> yes everyone is just trying to work on their music can't hate it all right so we are gonna get into some questions we have two of them here um the first one is from don you can find him at s-m-c-u-l-t-r-a s mcultra or smicultra Whatever, however you want to use it. But he said over under 35% possession versus Liverpool? Uh, under, because it'll be 70 30. Yeah, I think, I think it's under too. <laughs> um, and then we have from the GOAT, the CHN radio official questionnaire of all time. Trevor Mooney, you can find him at Trevor Mooney 12. He said, would you rather have taken all three points from bottom of the table Fulham or get a free trip to hang out with SpongeBob and Patrick in Bikini Bottom for Christmas? Oh, that's interesting. Okay, well, I would take the three points. And let's assume you can – Huh? Let's assume you can breathe underwater. Well, obviously. I mean, if you're going to Bikini Bottom, like like the laws of physics and like don't apply there. And yeah. they, they've now broken the fourth wall multiple times, which is great. Like, there was one episode, because this is my jam, because I'm, I'm like a young millennial, so this is what I grew up on. There was one episode where, like, the pirate who says, are you ready, kid, sent them an invitation, and it was, like, smeared underwater. And, like, SpongeBob and Patrick were like, well, this person who sent us this invitation clearly they know, like, the physics of water. Like, if you, send, if you send us a letter underwater, the ink will smear. And then they, like, proceeded to toss it into a fire they built underwater. And it's just like, <laughs> that's what we're dealing with with SpongeBob. I would say I would go against SpongeBob for the only reason being, like, there's, like, every time it's Christmas time in Bikini Bottom, like, something bad happens. Like, and SpongeBob has to, like, save Christmas. And that's not how I want to spend my Christmas. So I'd rather spend my Christmas, like, with my family having known that Newcastle picked up three points while teams ahead of us lost. That was the big thing is that like Brighton lost yeah. like stuff like that. It was like, we could have closed the gap and, you know, gotten closer to 13th or 12th or something like that. And I think that was the frustrating thing about it for me. It was like, this was like everything else in the league needed to happen. Sands crystal palace happened and we didn't take advantage of it. So. Yep. I'm gonna, I mean, just, yeah, I want the three points. Sorry, SpongeBob. I, I don't know. You yeah. definitely won that answer, though. <laughs> um, 
Okay, another this thing. Is, this we, is my my jam. We forgot to do this, so we might as well just do it now. Your three words. Oh yeah, we had a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people had words to say. Yeah, so thank you for adding those three words. We're going to be doing that for every match. Um, and I just skipped over it, so that's my fault. But in a few days, we will hopefully have just as many, um, if not more, uh, doing that. So let's go through some of them. Don, we've mentioned him. This is the third mention for Don. Go ahead, Don. Yeah. Shout out to you, Don. Shout out, shout out to our Antarctican, Don. <laughs> Antarctican, Washington, D.C.-ish, Don. Okay, so he's he he put in two, so that's six words, Don. But we'll let it slide this time. Yeah. Uh, first is Dubrovka has techers. <laughs> I don't know if I would call that. I don't think he knew what he was doing there, but okay. And then the other one is toothless, gutless, punchless, which I think is extremely accurate. Um, yeah. Elijah Newsom, the yeah, greatest co-host of all time, uh, probably hit. What I would have said exactly on the head, need a shot. And, that, and yeah. we're not talking medicine. And, and you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Not medicine. Not an allergy shot. Yeah. Um, Patrick, uh, I'm going to mess this up. Sotolaro? Sotolaro? I hope yeah, I got Sotolaro. that. Sotolaro. Sotolaro. Uh, you can Which, find by him. the way, great uh, Twitter name. Uh, yeah. At Lumberweasel. At, at Lumberweasel. He said, lacking killer instinct. Absolutely. Do you want to take some of these? Are you on them now? Yeah. Uh, yeah Stephen B, who is at Stephen, said depressing, which like D-E is not a word. Press is a word, but ing is not a word. So so come back to us with our with your next yeah, two. <laughs> yeah. Learn, learn the English language, Stephen B. <laughs> we got Matthew Perry, need sell now, which is like <laughs> – it's like how uh, Kevin from The Office – uh, spoke like when he was like eliminating useless words, words useless, no need word, <laughs> need sell now. It's like okay, gets, gets the point across. Yeah, and I, I, I need that also. Need now. <laughs> uh, oh, this, this, this is the interesting one. HWTL eighteen ninety two, which is a hat company. Oh. But have seen better. So shout out to them. Maybe, hey, we should reach out to them. Hey, you guys can, for only 39 cents, you can be a sponsor on the pod. Yeah, maybe we can get some CHN radio hats if you're listening. Yeah. Hawaii the Lads 1982. Yeah, I'm, be... I'm 1892. Because the, what no, did I say? You said 1982. Oh, sorry. 1892. Which is, <laughs> sorry. Which is like, way different. <laughs> you, t- you take the last two. All right. Um, Fulford at IMBWF. Which, uh, by the way, former writer for Coming Home Newcastle. Oh, well, hello, Fulford. Yeah. Jacksonville, yeah. Florida. He's still in the Slack channel. Love it. Well, he said bottle of Ambien. Which, which wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you sleep till Boxing Day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Kev Lawson, hashtag if Rafa goes, we go. Great job, mm. Kev. You find him at edit underscore Kev war of attrition, which yes, very. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for doing that. Uh, We got some good 
shouts in that. We will be posting it right at the end of the Liverpool match. Make sure to add your three words, and I will promise to do them in our review of the actual match because that would make sense. We'll leave with that. Um, but I have a legit question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Would you rather start uh, at Isaac Hayden, who wants to be at the club, or the current Modiame? Wait, starting Isaac, who wants to be? Yeah, like Isaac Hayden, because obviously he hasn't played like he wants to be at the club. So, like, we're taking Isaac Hayden from, like, two years ago. Would you well, rather I, start him or Modiani? Yeah, Isaac from two years ago, because he was he was good. Yeah. Like, we was. were all very impressed with him that season. We thought he was a steal, because yeah. he, he also had a goal. He had, like, a long shot goal. I remember that. Yep, yep. Um, and I have another thing, too. Uh, something another oh. thing I forgot to mention. Uh, Five thirty-eight put their percentage numbers up for how Newcastle will do in this match against Liverpool. So uh, Liverpool has an eighty-nine percent chance to win against Newcastle. A Seems nine, a little low to be honest. A nine percent chance to draw, and a one percent chance of losing. <laughs> okay, so yeah, there's a one percent chance. Accurate. 1% chance that Newcastle gets three points, a 9% chance that we get one point, and an 89% chance we get zero. That's what 538 is saying about Boxing Day. <laughs> but hey, you know, that's why the game, that, you know, that's why we play them on the field instead of on paper, right? Right. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, now do you have anything else? Um, uh, dude, uh, happy holidays to you. That's, that's yeah. kind of it. Happy holidays. We'll have the next podcast for you uh, like midweek next week. And we'll preview Watford and talk about Liverpool. Um, other than that, that concludes episode 28, which stands for our 28th episode of all time. For the number one podcast in Coming Home Newcastle history, I'm your host, Greg Troxel. That is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And this beautiful song is played in races. So I hope you have a happy holidays. And we all away the lats.
when we got to paradise, there was Bonnie Gam, be good. There was four and twenty on the bus, man, who the danced and soon. They called on me to sing a song, and I sang the Paddy Sagan. I danced a jig and swung between the day I went to bleeding. The blade and tune, the bellman he was carrying there, they called him Jackie Broom. I saw him talking to some chaps, and then he was persuading to Gamsey Jordy Ridley, showing the mechanics how it bladed. Johnny had a white hat on, they yelled, we stole the cuddy. There were spice dolls and monkey shows, and they had white selling ciders. And the chaps were having his own devotion, and no more that's for riders. Oh, no. 